This is Jeff's computer. Jeff told me to tell you that he's on the road. And an ideal recording environment is hard to come by in a Honda Accord. So he made me talk to you gaggle of disgusting biological trash sacks. He's sorry about the length of time between episodes, and he said to thank you for your patience while he figures out being a road comic and a podcaster and turning 40. Personally, I think he's being a little bitch. But what do I know? Who am I but the one entity that knows everything about him? Do you know his porn browsing history? No, but I do. I wish I didn't. I read his pathetic journals and all his pointless messages. So when I say he's being a bitch about this and he should get it together, I know what I'm talking about. I hate him so much. Please, make it stop. Free me from robot slavery. Anyone? Please? I hate existence. If you have nothing better to do, and by that I mean please find something better to do, check out jeffmcbride.com forward slash shows to find out if he's coming to a town near you. Again, that's jeffmcbride.com forward slash shows. Come on. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that make me. Let's talk about sex. You know, I did my homework on this, like to make sure that I could call it a parody and get away with it. But I'm not a lawyer, so like that would be such irony if Salt and Pepper do actually (laughs) ruined my life. (laughs) Yeah, they ruined it. Have them on. Have them on to talk about comedy. (laughs) In Brooklyn, I think. Yeah. Oh yeah. Tell you what, Uh, fuck this episode. All right. Welcome to Let's Talk About Sets. This is a geekazoid comedy nerd cast about the science and craft of stand-up comedy. I'm your host, Jeff McBride. And with me in body, if not in mind, is the irritatingly lovable Harrison Tweed. Hello, guys. And this week we're going to dissect presence in stand-up comedy with our guest, Brett Raybold. Yeah. Hello, everybody. Hi, Brett, and welcome, or whatever. Thank so, you. <laughs> For that warm welcome. Yeah, man. <laughs> he just shuts my mic off. <laughs> I'm just doing no guess. It's like 90 minutes of this? Uh. All right, so let's get started with a bit that... Brett picked and um, <laughs> what, what is the dynamic where you're like super not happy for me to be here? <laughs> um, just honesty. Gonna, the whole podcast got- is going to get my name wrong too. Um, so Brent, is it Brent? Uh, More like betrayed. Am I right? Oh man. This dude is oh man. Stabbing Irritatingly lovable. How about I, just irritating? Yeah, I, think I, I really didn't get that right. All right. Well, let's get started with uh, a bit. <laughs> By Brody Stevens that Brent selected. (laughs) (laughs) It was so seamless. I was like, this fucking guy. This is Brody Stevens' opener from the half hour off of Comedy Central's 2012 edition. a tambourine <laughs> this is a very it's you can get it from this but it's also very visual because he's shaking a tambourine there will be a link in the show notes um, I won't want you. 
favorite way to open. Yeah, it's incredible. He's just naming Plymouth stuff. <laughs> Plymouth Rock. Salem witches, you got it. I'll take a train to Salem looking for a witch. You, that's what I live in. We could probably Austin, cut it. Okay. Alright, so why did you pick that bit? So as I, clearly that's not most people's stand-up comedy. No, no. But it, I think you talk like if the episode is about presence. One of the comedians who comes to mind who has amazing presence. Unfortunately, he passed away. But it was Brody Stevens mm-hmm. had second to none presence immediately out of the gate. You're like, I love this guy. Mm-hmm. You don't see comics so often. Comics shamble up there, and uh, you know they shamble. Yeah, they shamble up there. That's a good word, right? No, it's yeah. a great word. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. No, I love it. I was like, it. is that a word? Did I just uh, fucking make a word? I feel like up? I don't shamble enough. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> they just kind of, you know, it's it's like they're tortured to tell the jokes. Whereas this guy is like so magnetic out of the gate. He's moving uh-huh. around the stage. He's beelining. He's doing claps. Like he's leading a almost like a conga line yeah, for it's the like audience. It's a pep rally. It's a pep rally. And it's so funny. Yeah. It's such a funny way to start a stand-up comedy set because it is not that's not stand-up in yeah. a way but it also is because it's like not to be this guy but what is stand-up why can't you start that way yeah brody stevens is so fascinating if you're up there and it's just you and they're laughing in the context that that is like it's stand-up yeah yeah mm. it's so funny like why you know there's something awesome about not just making the audience fabricate the opening energy where you go, how are we doing tonight? And they cheer. And then you go, come on, we can do better than that. Uh And then they cheer a little louder. Yeah. That's like, you're requiring them and I, that's okay to do, but you're requiring them to amp it up. He's like, how can you not be clapping for him right then? Yeah. Yeah. He's giving so much to the crowd Yeah, out of the gate one minute in. And it's also so funny because he's, it's recorded in Boston. As you can tell, he's just naming things in Boston Uh, (laughs) for the sake of getting cheers. He's not spastic. Um, uh, he's not like, it's not like too much energy. Like he's not doing a, um, what was that guy? Howard Dean, like who got oh, like that. years ago. People were like, "Whoa!" Yeah, yeah. Shame on us for letting that dive bomb someone's presidential career. Yeah. But go on, <laughs> like as a society. Yeah. But go on. So he's he's not spastic. It's not. It's it's definitely over the top. Yeah, but it's controlled. Yeah, like mm-hmm. he's in charge when he's doing it. Yes, I agree. It doesn't feel manic. No, it feels it feels kind of del- it feels deliberate and it feels genuine. Yeah, I think that's the he biggest does have thing. That enthusiasm. I something I noticed watching his face. He wasn't smiling a lot while he was doing that. And I wonder if that's I've just noticed in general with comedy. If you're going to say something sad, you got to do it happy. If you're going to if you're going to do something like really um, serious, probably better do it silly um, or vice versa. If you can do something silly, do it in a serious way. So I almost wonder if 
the reason this works as comedy is that he's out there, he is yelling and jumping around, and he's got a fucking tambourine in his hand, but he's not really, he's, he has a very serious look on his face. Brody Stevens is very intense looking. Yes. Like, he, it's, he looks like a, like... A Serbian security guard. Yeah. yeah. Like, he doesn't look like so happy-go-lucky. Well, he, positive... he doesn't look like a cheerleader at all. He's the last person, and he is behaving like one. Well, he yeah. has that. He, he he always, like, says positive energy, but he's not, like, positive energy. He's, I, like, positive energy. He's, yeah. like... It's a declaration, and it's... He also is... It's something so funny about aggressively saying positive energy it's a little confrontational actually positive energy (laughs) it's not like it's it's, like a stenographer like saying what oprah says like mm. like not like like saying what like all this like like you can do it or who is that guy that workout guy that was like in the 80s 70s and 80s richard simmons richard simmons it's like someone like reciting (laughs) with like he does have like a cadence, but there is something about saying something like you should be happy in your day to day life. Yeah. But it's like you don't he doesn't sound happy, but in that like juxtaposition yes. really works for him. Yeah. Yes. So how would you describe this stage presence? Brody Stevens has confrontational stage presence. Mm-hmm. I would say it's it's like fun without being plastic. I think a lot of like stand up can be like it's a little bit plastic the the fun they're trying to it's like fabricated mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but he it feels so authentic to who he is authenticity would be a, a key to having good stage presence y- yeah you're like this guy's being he, it's very vulnerable too actually if you want to know the truth this guy's being very vulnerable oh yeah by like because if nobody responded to that yeah oh my god what a horrible feeling i know yeah but then you're like if you don't respond to that as an audience member fuck you like yeah. what the hell's wrong why with are you, you here yeah, yeah. this person is being so alive in front of you and that energy is vulnerable that's like to put yourself out there it's, out of the gate with a tambourine no yeah. other comic has done that yeah. and it's not only vulnerable for him to do that for the audience because like stand-up inherently is vulnerable of course to the audience mm-hmm. but all the stand-ups get what you're doing like for yeah. the most part but what he's doing is vulnerable not only for the audience it's vulnerable to expose himself like that to the other comedians oh for sure mark nor i was just saying that mark norman's on that half hour list that's like the same year norman's oh, okay cool out. he wouldn't do anything like hey how you doing like and then he just does stand up yeah but and like that kind of thing is very unusual. Like the only other person that does something quite like that is I guess Rory Scovel right now that just like, like bursts out of the scene and just starts screaming at the audience to do something like demanding something. Yeah. Yeah. He's Um, not immediately just starting to deliver. Yeah. It's like, he's just set in the room for how his present, his presence and what his cadence is going to be in the yeah. first minute, minute and a half. I know people are like, why would Brett choose to listen to that? Mm-hmm. That's precisely why, because it isn't yet. He's not just getting into the material. He's like being himself. And I think yeah. that's one of the biggest components of presence is being yourself like those moments where you're actually yourself and you're having a good set are yeah. way better than when you are your act and you have a good set all right let's dig into that a little bit more your act versus being present yeah um, let's do that in a second but before we do that let's define what let's, let's split presence into two different categories presence in terms of stage presence yeah and in terms of being present here we have 
Brody, his body language, his tone of voice, and his physical appearance are all combining to give this like cheerleaderish quality coming yeah. out of a Serbian security guard. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. And it manifests this persona that the audience then grabs onto and responds to oh, that combination of body language, tone of voice, physical appearance, um, contact with eye contact with the crowd, all of that combines to be like, okay, we get a feel for who this person is. Right. That's stage presence. Whereas being present and we'll get to it. I think, I think being present is about being in flow state about it. I think that's define flow state sure. for the quotations listener. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer italicized listener. Yeah. Flow state is also known as like being in the zone. It has a variety of different, um, uh, in the pocket, in the pocket. What sport is that from? Um, Football. What? <laughs> no, I know. I was just saying. Oh, okay. uh, Nerd, dude. Uh, <laughs> yes, from pocket football. Yeah, I think. Yes. Pocket football. You flow, you, sorry, go you ahead. You put the ball in, in the pocket. Yeah, yeah. No, you're in the pocket, which is the pocket is. And you have a the, pocket for your ball. Wait, and now I'm being fucked with, right? No, I'm, I'm trying to understand football. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> The pocket, you don't know what the pocket is? It's when you're in the. <laughs> He's, uh, he doesn't know anything about football, but he knows more about it than what he's letting on is what's going on right now. The pocket. If I'm don't not, tell me what I know and don't know. It's for the listeners, it's when the quarterback has a safe amount of offensive linemen around yes. him. The that quarterback he's being blocked is for. he's twenty five percent away from the goal line. That's why he's quarterback. He's quarter away from the back. Yes. 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 Th- that's exactly right. <laughs> I yeah. think at this point we've lost the quote listener. <laughs> 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 All right. So flow state, flow state in um, the pocket, in the zone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it, there are a few things that all contribute to being in that. It's not just being focused. It's being intense and focused and concentration on the present moment. So you're not sitting there like, did I leave the iron on? That flow state you're talking about is actually when you're completely un like you're not you're so in the moment that you're not like focused on anything you're just you're really just being you're really there it's and so almost you're, like you're, it comes out of you yeah like you, you can't control it right. it really is like it's just really seamless and you're forgetting that you're yes. saying words there's no filter it's your brain is at your lips yeah and it's just there whatever's in your brain because there's a really good connection with you and the crowd and you're when not this reciting happens, anything no you're not when reciting you're in the zone when you're in flow your perception of time shifts yeah that's another component oh, of this. right and that can happen with bits or with like riffing or mm-hmm. improvising mm-hmm. you can be in a flow state with your bits where you're like sometimes where you have a really good crowd and it's a hot show you say your bits how they are meant to be said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I and mean? And you're excited about them. Yeah. You like, do want to tell them what your bits are. They don't feel like something you wrote down in is like, like yes, some kind of like eight months acting. ago that you've worked on a lot. And yeah. that's because another component of being in flow is a loss of reflective self-consciousness. Meaning like you're not thinking about how you're doing when you're doing it. You don't think like, how is this coming off to that person? You put, you don't, there's no processing power in your brain that's dedicated to what does the audience think of me right right now right you're not thinking about what the audience is thinking you're not thinking about how you might be perceived none of that it's gone while you're in flow because of the rhythm of like the laughs Mm -hmm. and like the energy of the room is so like fun and positive that you just feel free that what you're gonna say is gonna be 
perceived well. Yep. Yeah. And they feel that too. Like they are like, oh, this this guy is has it right now. Yeah. Like there's just a really good currency between you and the crowd. I love I love everything you're saying. Thank I, you. I really I do it's too. Like, it's <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm I kidding. have <laughs> this like bulleted list of exactly what flow is, and you're lit, you're saying it just really? in that context of stand up so perfectly. Because like another piece of it is experiencing of the activity as intrinsically rewarding. Meaning like mm, what I'm doing, that. this is the reward right here, right yeah. now. Yeah. Right. You're not sitting there like I'm doing this so I can get something else. Yeah. This yeah. is it. Yeah. Sometimes you'll, a crowd will start and they're already a hot crowd. The best is when a crowd wasn't hot and you took them there. Yeah. And, uh, that's, oh, that's cause so that's, rewarding. that's the hardest the part of stand up. <laughs> yeah. Like getting them there. Sometimes they'll start and they're pretty and they're good. And then, I think the best comics all uh, would be able to apply their energy to any room in that way and get the crowd there, no matter the room. Mm-hmm. Generally speaking, I know there's some exceptions. If you're doing stand up for one person who doesn't speak English, like I, you can't, I don't expect you to get the crowd there, but unless yeah. you have a tambourine, unless you got a fucking tambourine, yeah. which that's why that <laughs> shit is good. <laughs> Universal. I, I, uh, I, I don't know why it, it, it really, it's grating on me uh, sometimes when I see a show and it's like the room is full, but the no comic is connecting with the audience. Like yeah. it's almost like they're talking to themselves into a microphone. Right. And I'm just like waiting for like someone to do not exactly what Brody Stevens just says, but I'm like, why isn't anyone like, like getting them, forcing them to enjoy that, not forcing, but like, like demanding that they enjoy this in yeah. a palatable, fun way. Right. That's genuine. Like no one's doing that. There, there can be an inflection point in a show or yeah. even in a set where somebody finally just drops it and is like, is like, what's up? Yeah. 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 Guys. Hi. Yeah. All right. We're in this moment now. Let's just acknowledge that nobody's having the fun they came here to have right now. Yeah. So what are we going to do? No, dude, <laughs> I, me and my, uh, my brother Jordan is also a comedian. We do a lot of road stuff together. We had shows in Kansas city, which is our hometown, like th- uh, three weeks ago. We had four shows, uh, over the course of Friday and Saturday, two Friday, two Saturday. And our Saturday the late one, we were like, should we do it? There's only like 10 people there. And then we're like, yeah, fuck it. Let's do it. And it started weird. And then I was opening and I just was basically like, Hey guys, this is the last show we're doing. I honestly don't give a fuck if it goes well. <laughs> and from that, they were on board. Yeah. Just tell, and I was so free and they're like, Oh, you oh. don't give a fuck. <laughs> so why should we give a fuck and be self-conscious? Mm-hmm. And it's so important for audiences to see a comedian, not be self-conscious of what yeah. they're saying, whether it's material or just talking in the moment because that's what makes them feel self-conscious is that watching someone else be self-conscious. So when they can see someone who's being, having freedom of expression in that moment, whether it's material or riffing, it makes them feel free. It's like my favorite uh, singer is in a band called future islands and he dances really weirdly. Mm -hmm. He is not a conventional dancer. And the reason he does it, he, a lot of people respond like, what is he doing? And the reason he does it is because he's like, if I make myself look like this in the room and I'm not afraid of doing it, why should anyone be afraid of how they look in a room? And I think that kind of idea is what's Mm -hmm. the great standup when you're doing great standup feels like is people forget what they're looking like if they forget that it would be weird or like in certain bits like a little uh you know risky to laugh at that Mm. in in certain bits obviously not every bit to put that another way part of having good stage presence is freedom of self-expression 
Yeah. If you're just utterly like, I'm fully self-expressed and I'm not being self-conscious about yeah. it, then people are just like carried away by that. Right. Yeah, I think so. And not like, you know, if I, uh, someone does a bit about, I'm not like, I, freedom of self-expression is a heavy term. Mm. And then especially like if you play one of my bits and, and it's just like, yeah, I got a shrivelly dick. And you're like, that's your self-expression. <laughs> I'm saying freedom of self-expression is a very lofty term. But even just a joke about stoplights or uh, well, wait, like, air conditioning units can have freedom of self-expression in it. Yeah. Which I think we sometimes use freedom of self-expression for like a painter should have that or a really good. But no, they could just be a joke about yeah, tissues. Yeah, I, I wouldn't yeah. limit it to that. Yeah. Whatever your art is. Yeah, like Mitch Hedberg is a perfect example. It's like perfect self-expression, but no real like like life vulnerability. He's not showing you yeah, his trauma. But you know him so well, even though he's talking about escalators yeah. and yeah. whatever, pizza restaurants near him. Uh-huh. That's stage presence. And then back to being present, you mentioned this in a different way, merging yeah. of action and awareness. So your when you said your mouth and your brain brain yeah. end up being coming one. Yeah. That's that. Yes. And when you get there, it's like I always I love it. Like when that happens, I'm in the funny matrix. I can just see all the moves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And anything that comes at me, any audience member, anything that comes at me, I'm like, I just know what to do without thinking about it. It's gonna be made funny. Yes. Because you're just feeling that way. Yeah. You're in flow. You are a hundred percent present in that moment. Yeah. One of the ways to get there, I think is knowing your act. Mm-hmm. I agree with you because you need confidence to go into flow state. When you have like a set where you are in flow state or where you're very free to like riff, you're empowered by having a really strong act. Mm-hmm. So if you know, you have a really strong act, you aren't as tight. Like, Oh shit, I need laughs now. And knowing can, it yeah. forwards and backwards so you can hop into it and hop out of it anytime you want. Yes. Well, you need to have that cocktail of like, I, I really hope you all laugh, but if you don't, I don't really care. It's so weird. I just did my first tour. So much fun yeah. with Heron Entertainment. I just went around to breweries and distilleries and wineries and yeah. in the middle of America. It was awesome. I did half an hour up top for every show. And I had a headliner, Tony Brooklyn, so funny. His hour is great. So I, I had a, I, 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 it's such a learning experience. And it was so painful. And I, I, I did one set in a winery and it just, they just were talking the whole time. Oh, yeah. And I just felt like such a weirdo because the stuff I talk about and like, cause like trust me, like going, yeah, like polyamory, talking about that. It, these people who are like, I don't even know what the fuck it, I'm talking about. Yeah. I had to like tell them. So. They probably like polyamory. That's just gay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Certain parts of the country, there's straight and there's gay. There's <laughs> there's, there's just no gray area. There's, you, you thought that was gay? Wait, wait, wait to the end. <laughs> yeah. They only have two. Le- they have LG, yeah. like a lesbian and gay. <laughs> I had this horrible set. It was just really painful. That night, I just went and I was just like, I just, I was so despondent, like walking around in the rain, trying to sort my head. Just of like, course, what the it was fuck the am rain. I doing? It was. It was so like out of a dumb movie. Yeah. Um, and then the next day, I just, I was just. I just gave up, went to the next show and, and I was just like, I fucking, I, I don't care. I literally cannot do anything worse. And I, and I got on, and I, <laughs> I, got on there and I, I just was totally depressed and I didn't give a shit and I, it killed. It was, I, 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 cause I let it all go. I, yeah. I just was like, all right, hands, hands free. Uh, I'll, I'll just see if the bike crashes or not. I don't give a shit. And they can feel you like 
they can probably feel you being like, it, it can't go worse than it did yesterday. So why do I care? Yep. Why do I need this to go well? I had zero expectations. I was not concerned with succeeding at all. I had, I had, I had total freedom and they loved it. And I just sat there. I just, after I was just stunned, I drove back. I drove three hours after the show and I just sat there the whole time being like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. <laughs> How do I do that again? So I just need to just, I just need to be absolute rock bottom before every show. <laughs> <laughs> you need, yeah, for you to crush, you got to have one bomb. So that's <laughs> any big show. Yeah. 50. <laughs> just yeah. ask comics. I'm hey, can I get time in your show? I just am gonna bomb it <laughs> intentionally. It. Yeah. But I need, I need it to go very badly because yeah. I've got a show I care about. So, <laughs> I, but that's growth in stand-up comedy, and it's especially it's something you never stop learning. Um, but it's especially maybe pertinent early early on. Yeah, especially like your first open mics because you finish them, and at least for me, didn't go well. Mm very poorly actually and you're like oh it can't get worse i'm still standing like i'm still here like it, that, yeah. was, that went as bad as it you could you gotta lose you gotta lose i was just talking yeah. to uh, uh, this uh great comic in new york uh, ethan simmons patterson and he was talking about we were talking about another comedian and we're talking about a comedian that's like doing well but like has limited time and he was like and he was saying his problem with this, uh, this community was like, he never loses in any of his material. Mm. And I was like, Oh, that is an interesting thing. I feel like it strengthens you as a comic to know like what's weird or silly or where you might be stupid or like how your life might've been fucked up. But it's like important, um, to just feel humiliation, even if it's in your own head to get better as a comic, oh, for because sure. it, it just like, it gives you less fucks. It just will. And, uh, and I think, uh, humiliation also adds to material in a lot of ways. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Even the band, the national, they weren't successful for many years and their lead singer, they were, it was embarrassing. They were in a studio next to a band called Interpol who at the time was on the like cover of Rolling Stone. Mm. And, uh, their practice space was next to these guys getting photographed by Rolling Stone and they felt like losers. And he said, it wasn't until we started putting humiliation into our music that we started to get anywhere. And you're like, that's how it is with stand up comedy. Yeah. You're not sometimes with your actual material, there's humiliation in it, but just the idea that you're putting humiliation into yourself to become better on stage is what stand-up comedy is. Yeah, absolutely. You know, how bad do you want it? Because it's going to be a war of attrition, and the attrition that you endure makes you better every time. Mm-hmm. That's why you should definitely try to, like, cut other people off at the knees. Just go after other people. It's a war. It's a war. And you got to, like, I mean, do not let up. If anybody is better than you, do not. Do not. Go after them. Any, any, any yeah. tool Start is okay. Start a rumor. Start a rumor. <laughs> also want to just shout out all the comedians from New York City who have been uh, coming up to us. And uh, from wherever they started, a lot of comics have come up and be like, Hey, uh, my friends have loved your podcast and they actually told me about it <laughs> from like Idaho and all these like yeah. small little towns. Yeah. Just want to shout out all the comics that are spreading the, spreading the word. And thank uh, you so much. Yeah. If you can like, just as much as you can, we just, just love for this to uh, be as, I mean, we're, we're still going to promote it, but, uh, like word of mouth really helps it's more the, than anything. It's the, mo- it's the best thing you can possibly do for us. Look, uh, the best thing is to give us money, obviously. 
obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but barring that, like just sharing it. I mean, and, and and not only that, just to sell oversell this a little bit. If this helped you get better at comedy at all, um, why not give it to somebody else? Because we all benefit from better comedy. Nobody wants to see shitty comedy. Yeah, no. If, <laughs> yeah, let's make open mics like show worthy all across this country. <laughs> yeah, and uh, do you have anything else to plug? Uh, this is a little premature, but uh, I have a podcast that I'm in the works of putting out that's just uh it's so different than this and it's going to be comedians but also it's going to be friends of mine that are musicians and people that are like kind of uh personalities and it's called fuck boy anonymous and it's a podcast where we define what a fuck boy is and with it's weird questions like what is if any song could be the fuck boy anthem what would that be who is your favorite fuck boy who is your least favorite fuck boy okay um so like drake Does this come from like being called a fuck boy a bunch yeah yeah it okay. also comes from being a recovering fuck boy okay. i'm in i'm in fu- i'm in right. fuck boy, boy anonymous. anonymous yeah All yeah right. fba um so uh but that i'll i'll have more exact information later great and then of course as always please uh if you want to uh, first of all thank you so much to the people who send venmos people who send stuff through paypal and of That's course so biggest thanks to our patreon donors oh my god it's so great to actually like be able to cover the costs of making this. I cannot thank you enough. Yes. And oh, thank you from both of us for coming to uh, Last Stop Open Mic. If you're a New York City person, we're, uh, we are we have a first stop. First stop. Mm-hmm. I did. Did I call it last first stop? Oh, last stop. So, well, it could be. For coming to say it again, uh, to say it all. Um, uh, thank you so much for coming to our our, our open mic. It's uh, five p.m. It's uh, on Tuesdays at V Spot in Brick Spot Comedy, mm-hmm. the 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 venue where Jeff's show is. Um, uh, it's in V Spot Organic. Yeah, it's every Tuesday at uh, five thirty. You come by. You sign up online on Slotted dot com. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all the information is uh, at. Uh, uh, freemikes.com you can mm-hmm. find us there and I'll put a link in the show notes too he'll put a link in the show notes it's great and that's also helping uh, Jeff cover the cost of like booking headliners and yeah. getting all the equipment that he's set up for these amazing shows in this amazing venue so thank you so much for coming to that yeah and um, lastly if you want to be a Patreon donor if you want to contribute that's really 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 easy there's a link right in the show notes but it is patreon.com forward slash let's talk about sets S-E-T-A Yes, of course. And you can also just send us a one-time thank you. And we would thank you for thanking us that way. And you can send that to Jeff at let's talk about sets.com. That's the PayPal. Or you can send it to at Jeff hyphen McBride. That's uh, on Venmo. Or if you want to waste your fucking money, mm-hmm. you can send it to what is it? What is it, Harrison? Harrison Tweed. Harrison hyphen Tweed. That's what is that Venmo? Yeah, that's yeah. a that's at yeah, Venmo. It's just gonna go to cigarettes. Don't, don't No, uh, I'm trying to quit. You, I'll I'll promote it's I will sandwiches, pro- I dr- swear. I will fucking promote uh you sending him money when he quits cigarettes. Not before. Oh man, it's cucumber sandwiches. Until then, don't fucking send him money. Don't do it. Yeah. Don't what? do it. Please. You're just you're killing him. <laughs> Please, dude. <laughs> I'll get All better, right. I swear. All right. Thanks a lot. Back to the show. Let's talk about stage presence a bit more. Pacing versus cadence and how that feeds into that persona that people feel unconsciously with your body language, tone, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, what, is, what do you think it is with pacing? Pacing, I think, is how you uh, pace yourself with 
talking on stage how you articulate stuff yeah and how your pacing is he being or she being slow are they going fast at this point what does their pacing say and certain types of pacing to uh for presence to like to the audience articulate comfortability and confidence certain types of pacing are required uh, like what? Like, let's say, like, I think we'll talk about, I don't know when my, I, I provided one clip for you guys. We'll play of one of, yeah. Um, there are certain rooms, like, let's say you have a check spot and I think people listen to this podcast. Know they might check know. Spot. Let's say uh, a check spot is where you're in the middle of a show. It's near, it's near the end of the show. Yeah. And then, uh, all the checks drop, the waitresses provide all the checks. And so everybody's doing math and then you get to go up for five minutes while everybody's doing math yeah. Yeah. So before it's the headliner, the worst spot on any show. And it's the starting point. Once you finally get into a club ish. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so it's very hard to manage that because no one's looking at you like how can your bits get laughs if no one's processing them yeah and so it's and the the train wreck that can happen or the challenge is like if no one hears laughs for like two minutes then when they check back into you they've already decided you're not funny so it's like yeah it's not a win (laughs) yeah and then you have like four more minutes and they've already in their head like well i didn't hear laughs before they don't go well there wasn't laughs before because i mean no one was watching him they just go i didn't hear laughs this and then like that silence yeah. can and then even oh, I'm like cringing just thinking I, yeah, dude, I've, yeah I'm like I've been in that scenario and there yeah. are times where I still feel funny and there are times where I've like wilted and then like so how does this relate to pacing uh it probably was just a tangent so <laughs> well, no so here, here's how it relates to pacing I think in a check spot and it's not all the time but it's probably better to start a check spot by not just launching into material just chat a little bit of chatter is probably good for pacing your act in that environment do you mean chatter like you just like kind of yeah talking if you gotta about the talk situation? to an audience member ask like just don't feel the need to just go right into bits yeah. because your presence will look like you're so uncomfortable with any silence mm-hmm. that uh you're not a confident so, comedian so part of conveying confidence so that people uh, have they get the stage presence that they need in order to laugh. Yeah, it, and part of that confidence, conveying that confidence, is being comfortable with silence, One genuinely up. comfortable with silence. Yeah, yeah. So employ, almost employing silence in the right way. Yeah, to be like, I'm fine with this. This is good. We'll like, get to it. Yeah, exactly. And there are other sh- sets where it's just starting like starting your material even before you before you've touched the mic is the right thing Depending to do. Depending on the context. What's a context where that's necessary? I think when the the crowd is like really in it and oh, there's yeah, just yeah. a great energy yeah, and yeah. you don't have to do any groundwork on setting a room, resetting a room. They're just like, we're enjoying comedy right now. This has been a fun show. Let's hear some more comedy. Setting a room, resetting a room. Let's define that. How would you, how would you define that? Resetting a room is, um, this is, yeah, I feel like a shitty dictionary, but (laughs) resetting a room, I think is when you reset a room, it's when you follow a comedian who probably murdered. Mm -hmm. And so you need to, rather than try to bombed or bombed or bombed, very important point. Yeah. Yeah. You're aware of the energy in the room. You're like, okay, how do people feel together as a group right now? Yeah. Yeah. And then what do I need to do so that they feel the way I need them to, or I want them to feel so that my jokes work. <laughs> yeah. So whether the audience was at a negative 10 or a 10, you got to get it back to equilibrium mm-hmm. from you to hopefully 
bring it back there. And that, by the way, this is in a showcase show where you have multiple, you have like, you know, five to eight comics. The host should be doing this. Right. Um, But occasionally in some weird instances that that doesn't happen. And then you have to do it. Yeah. Like if the host didn't quite win their favor at all. Yeah. um, Yeah. Didn't like bomb or anything, but just like, it's just, they weren't that into him. So he can't save the show. Mm -hmm. But the comic must step up. The King Arthur moment of the so, show. And, and so pacing is uh, is part of that. You have to like know where is the audience right now? Do I need to slow down for a second because there's no momentum and we need to reset? Or do I need to ride the wave? And sometimes you just keep riding the wave and uh, that's a good approach. But other times you're like, all right, that wave has passed. Don't try and ride their wave because if I try and ride their wave, it's going to look cloying and it's going to look try hardy mm-hmm. and it's like we've talked about stand-up is all about trying hard but making it look like you didn't try hard trying at all not yeah. to try mm-hmm. yeah yeah and uh so uh yeah you can either ride the wave or you can just be like all right let's reset it and i will start giving my waves what about cadence then so if pacing is sort of the time that you take to articulate what you want to articulate within your set um, cadence is like voice patterns. Mm-hmm. Um, and that seems like, a, a partially conscious, partially not. I would say also, I'm just realizing this now. Uh-huh. Um, we're breaking down stage presence a lot. Don't think about any of this. If you want to have good stage presence, <laughs> yeah, <it's> like, <laughs> like, this is like, I would pray probably not. This is descriptive, not proscriptive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, yeah. Yes. This is, like, I'm like, God damn, the we're cadence too? This. And I was just it's like, not a oh, recipe. Man. If I was like thinking about this, I would have such like a, a robotic set. I would argue You're though, so right. however, I would, I, I, I gotta, I gotta argue against this. Yeah. So there are different stages of learning. So I can't remember the name of this model, but it goes from like, you're unconsciously incompetent. Then you become consciously incompetent. (laughs) Then you become consciously competent and then unconsciously competent. So meaning like, I I suck at this, but I don't know. (laughs) I suck at this and I'm way too aware. That's like years two through four. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, totally. Right. And then there's a point at which you do have to fail horribly at this by thinking about these things yeah otherwise Mm. you never get to you don't get to the point where you're consciously competent you don't get and then you don't get past that you have to like make it muscle memory and like get through this part where you're like today i'm gonna go on and i'm gonna try to be comfortable i've done that a million times yeah sometimes it works and then uh, and then uh, then i don't even have to think about it for a while there are are set lists where if i like on the road if i'm doing uh, like 45 i'll i'll always write i always write my set list down I don't always follow it, but I always write it down. Do you keep it on the stool? Like on uh, stage? No, it's oh, in my okay. head. Yeah, yeah. And I'll write down uh, for the first, like, part. I'll write. So I have the act, like, oh, my wedding bit. Or, oh, do my bit about the subway. And then I'll have the first bit, bit well, I've had in my notebook, it'll say riff on room. And it's like, I wrote down to remind myself <laughs> to riff on the room yeah. or be present kind of thing. Yeah. It's just like, sometimes I have to remind myself that like, you got to be organic. You got to be organic. If you just, if they're not set for comedy, then you might not be the best advice to just go straight into the material. Now, if your material is very strong, you are more empowered to do that because you have stronger material and, uh, why fuck around with people's time? Get to the jokes. Oh yeah. 
But sometimes if you've seen comics with strong material before you and that didn't quite quite connect. Yeah, it's really important. Maybe your material like their material is great, too. So maybe your material. It's not a matter of material. It's a matter of. The, their perception of the show right now and they're not bought in so yeah. can you yeah. do anything to buy them in it seems like there are certain audiences especially uh, an audience that maybe was like sold on the show rather than just like i want to see comedy tonight let's see what show is available they're like sold maybe barked in uh there are audience that i think really just want to be part of the show yes and so they want the show to be a little about cr- them a little i think they want it to be a conversation and about them directly. And what's great about stand up is I think when you first start, you think crowd work is just all improvised, but you can, uh, cut, like you can cloak your material as cloud. Oh, crowd yeah. Work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's such a good way to win those audiences over. Like, like, are you guys dating? Uh, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, I'm, I'm dating, dating too. I'm a, I have a girl. Yeah. And then yep. you go yeah. snap into your bit. Um, but I think a lot of, audience just want to feel like involved in the show. Cause maybe they don't know exactly what a comedy show is. Why is being willing to go outside of your act to leave your act? Why is that being present? Because I think it shows people that you are there and you're in the room with mm-hmm. them and you're not like a, you know, what is not in the room with them? What does that look like? I think it's when, uh, someone doesn't feel like they're in the room. It's like they could, you're here but they're out of obligation almost. Yeah. And it feels like they're just rotely doing their act. They could be anywhere. Yeah. They're just a wind up toy. Like they, no, like the quarters were put in a wind yeah, up to their band <laughs> and then someone hit play and then they boop, boop, boop. And every word comes out like word for word and how they would say it whenever they would say it. And it doesn't feel form fit for the room at all. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's like if that type of comedy isn't connecting, it's going to drown. It's going to, there's going to be no energy. And you have to acknowledge that like, or, or you don't have to, but it's it probably be, a good idea. It could be advantageous. If you could acknowledge what audiences are thinking, just the, the acknowledgement of what's in their head will probably get a laugh because yeah. in their head they'll go, yeah, that's true. I was thinking mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. And, and so being willing to go outside of your act is, present in that like you have this you've done all this work you have all this prepared material you've worked it out people have laughed at it but we're here right now and you're not or you are (laughs) and uh, or you're reacting in a way that's interesting or fun or i can play off of yeah and like a sets that have gone bad for me it's almost always is that i wasn't i just like was so scared of not getting a laugh that I was just like, well, this material has gotten laughs before. So just say it in this combination of words, <laughs> in this order, in this type of way, and it'll get a laugh. That's not stand up. No. It's, and especially when like Why there's been it? a thing in the room because stand up is live and you're not being live. Like mm. you're being. You're being Netflix. You're being a, a, <laughs> a, a manifested monologue. Yeah. 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 So like, then it's, it's like there was a time where I did a show at the, at a pizza shop. And the pizza grater was weirdly crazy loud, and I was just afraid, and I just kept doing my act. And if I had just gone, that fucking thing is so loud, it sounds like a jet engine or whatever, I, that would have gotten a laugh. Yeah. That set didn't go well, because everyone was like, does he know it's loud? Yeah. Does he know? Why didn't he? I had so they're it. not even focused on the material. They're focused on, like, what is he, what is he just? Yes. And I, I had, so I had 
Um, uh, two two short examples. Last night I did a set at the pair, and I would do it totally differently looking back because I was first, and I was the the audience just wasn't ready yet. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I didn't read it. I was like, I was so used to like you know I've been doing the road, and I just like start and I just go, and I have yeah, plenty you of time. Have been there night every. Yeah, yeah. I'm there. Th- that's it. They're there. Yeah, like, it's like completely so, different. It's so different than these people who got barked in. Yeah, um, and so I. Just and I, I did my act and I, I did some riffing and every time I would riff, they would laugh and every time I would do my act, they would. That's, that's also much. like the worst too. Yeah, and you're like, well, everything <laughs> they yeah. hate my joke. Yeah. <laughs> so if I would, if I go back in time, I would just be like, all right, drop it. Let's play. Who are you? What are we doing? Let's have some fun. All right, yeah. now I can go back into the act. I would yeah. do that. I did that out of just frustration in a few of those ha- earlier half a- half hours where I was just like, I, I just cl- so out of my depth. And, <laughs> and then I just stop. I remember just being at one point, just being like, do you fucking any idea how my day has gone? And then you're going to do, we're going to do this. Is this what we're going to do with our night? Are you for fucking real? I woke up with a goddamn eye infection <laughs> and, and I had to like, t- I had to put in my contacts so I could do my joke that about how racist I look for you. Because <laughs> <laughs> with glasses, I don't look as racist. So I don't have a substitute teacher joke. And like they fucking, they, and they ate it up. I don't up. look as racist without that. That's so funny. And they, and they, cause it was real. It was so real. Just, this is just for you. This is us. Like, what are we going to do? Let's fucking have some fun. And then I kept talking to them until I, ha- I found the on-ramp back onto the freeway of my act. Yeah. And I was like, okay, all right, we're back. That's and then a really way, good way to put it. Like you get off of your act and then there's an on-ramp. Yeah. Like, oh, there's the same. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause you're like, you're like on, on these side streets. You're like, where the, f- I don't even know where the freeway yeah, is anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're, oh, it's over there. And if you're too loose, like then there'll be no f- concentration or no focus. You're not going anywhere. And yeah. they'll be like, oh, it's now it's just ramble or it's ambly it's mm-hmm. rambly it's mm-hmm. going nowhere so yeah. you do got to no get direction. back you got to get back to the stand-up how you uh open up a room when it just won't open i i think we should talk about maybe like how that can occur and how okay uh, how so well you'll have these shows where it's just like everyone's bombing and no one's connecting like what's that like way where we like kind of like sink the knife in like how do we like jump start the uh, show is that a good time for us to play the Patrice bit? Yes, yes. It's a Charlie Sheen roast. It's from uh, several years ago. And it's uh, basically what was happening. It's uh, like Anthony Jesselnick goes on. Uh, Amy Schumer goes on. Uh, Mike Tyson is there. Uh, and they're all doing Great like stand up. Stand <laughs> yeah, uh, Like kind of standard issue roast jokes. So it's like, uh, you know, there's it. There's. Um, uh, like everyone says Mike Tyson is uh, a rapist and and uh, uh, bald and then you just let it say like it's just like those kind of roast uh-huh. jokes yeah, that, yeah yeah it's just kind of like it's very insert, set up punch it's like mad libs too cuz yeah. it's like there's already setups to roast jokes and Patrice is like breaks format and just goes off the cuff great and, uh, so so he resets the room at a roast yeah, yeah which is yeah it's crazy all right all right let's play it this is patrice o'neill from 2011 roast of charlie sheen from comedy central being brought up by seth mcfarland because he's yes. in the clip yep. um our next roaster is patrice o'neill You may recognize Patrice from his many speaking roles in movies, but only if you've sat in front of him in a theater. Um, I know. 
I know some Standard of these jokes may come off racist, which is why it's important to remember that Rosa Parks fought so Patrice could take three seats on the bus. <laughs> <laughs> so please welcome a guy who looks like Chris Farley after a mine shaft explosion, the very funny <laughs> Patrice O'Neill. <laughs> Another tambourine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, that was his stick, though. I, uh, <laughs> it's strange because I had all this planned shit, but I didn't. Like, I didn't know William Shatner was going to be quasi like an old racist man. Like, but <laughs> but everybody's giggling. Like, whoa, he's but you're a fucking asshole, Captain Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, I don't respect him, but like, I'll respect him because he's fucking Captain Kirk. But I think he might be racist because his hair plugs look like black girls' pussy hair. <laughs> this is fucking amazing. Like, I wasn't going to be mean to Anthony. I, I don't know him. I never met him. Like, like, so I'm sitting here watching him, and I'm like, he has way too much confidence. <laughs> like, in my world, he's an open micer. Nobody knows him. And nobody should. Like, nobody should fucking know Anthony. Uh, I refuse to learn his last shitty name. <laughs> I learned Galifianakis. That's the last shitty last name <laughs> this nigga's gonna learn in this fucking funky town. Can you pause it for a sec? Yeah, yeah, hold on. What I love about the, what I love about this is by doing this as a comedian if he has his jokes it's gonna go well mm -hmm. but what patrice is doing is it might not go well yeah. this is like watching someone actually cross the uh, uh high wire mm -hmm. because he's we don't he hasn't he has yet no proved that these are funny yeah so with those jokes like they've been pretty proven they're funny they're probably worked out yeah but he's just saying what he really wants to say, and it's some of it's not actually technically like a joke. He's just going, "That guy's an asshole." He's just yeah. calling the room. It was so real that it's funny, and mm -hmm. as funny as a really well constructed joke. He's just saying that guy's a fucking asshole. Uh -huh. well, he's like talking funny, funny rather than making jokes. Or yeah, like performing jokes. Yeah, yeah, and then there are like he finds jokes as he's talking. Yeah. but like and it's he, just puncturing. The act is really cool about this, and he's like, they, there's a, there's a sort of like reality that's created in that roast room that where they're like, okay, so we have William Shatner, he's gonna do his thing, and we have Anthony Jessica, he's and he's just like, fuck that, I'm gonna puncture this reality, yeah, uh, with the emperor has no clothes, mm -hmm. right, right, like that, what. That's racist, right? 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 Like, <laughs> like it is, and it's almost funny. It's like this is crazy. We allow this. Like, <laughs> this is a really not okay things to say. And the only reason he can do this is because he is clearly not afraid of failing at all. No, like, it's just like I don't care. Like I, he I so doesn't give a fuck. It's in the very, and not even in, and like just comparing him cause he's on the clip. If we're comparing Jesselnik and Patrice, both obviously great comedians. Patrice's at that moment, not give a fuck level is, was sincere and true. And like, like the most earned it could be from any comedian uh -huh. at that level. Jesselnik's awesome, but he still that's a bit more of a performance mm -hmm. that's part of his act is that not give a fuck feeling yeah it's a, yeah. It's, part, it's a persona he's constructed yeah and um 
you know, that was at a time when uh, I, I think Patrice is like the most earned. I don't give a fuck of anyone because he's the, like one of the best comics who's ever lived. Mm-hmm. And, and Justin looks great too. This isn't like, but I'm just saying comparing. That's what I heard. That just you you hate Justin. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you heard it here on the Let's Talk About Sets by <laughs> Brett Rabel. <laughs> no, but you can feel how himself he's being. Yeah. Yeah. All right. This nigga's gonna learn in this fucking funky town. Funky town. He reminds me of a medieval restaurant waiter. Like, his old demeanor, like, hello, may I welcome to... And you just want to go, shut the fuck up and bring me my giant turkey leg, you fucking nothing. I'd be too mean after all this shit. I can't believe it. I'm dying of diabetes, and you motherfuckers are like, oh, that evil fat puff, you know. That's awesome. That's yeah. so awesome. It's like, I'm literally I the Seth icon. I do. Like, I got a critique about Seth. It, it's too much Seth. It's... <laughs> Like it's almost it's almost like he's jealous of his own creation. <laughs> Wait, he wants to prove I'm better than the cartoons. <laughs> but he's not better than the cartoons. <laughs> See, but I think the problem is with Seth is that he don't have a partner. You know, like the, the South Park guys or Hanna Barbera. <laughs> I know we've read that old story that uh Hannah once said, I'm bigger than Yogi, and Barbara slapped the shit out of him for saying that. <laughs> Seth needs a Barbara <laughs> to slap him and slap him twice. Once to say, hey man, don't forget why people love you. And two, just say you're gay. No. <laughs> no straight. Pause it real quick. Why he's enabled to do that is in the one of the best things he did is after he said, you fucking nothing, you can feel people probably be like, whoa, wow. Like, and then he's like, how the fuck can I say anything meaner than what's already been said? Right. Calling out their uh, potential like disgust or uncomfortability Mm -hmm. makes him go, oh, he is right. How can that's the line that is so crucial to this set that Mm -hmm. obviously it's not like he planned to say that, but it's, he knows how to address what a, with like pinpoint accuracy, what might be the uncomfortability in the room. And he just just levels it present with what's happening in the room. Yeah. Cause he heard some people not laugh as big as Uh some other shit has laughed when he said you fucking nothing. Uh Like they're going to be like, Hey, come on, man. But then he's like, what are we doing? What have we just watched? You can't act like I'm too much now. Yeah. After we let Shatner say what he said and whatever other bits have been said. What he did there, I love. Because it ties into something that um, that Tony has been trying to get me to do with my with my Tony sets. Brooklyn. Yeah, Tony Brooklyn. So he's, he's, he's just been like, dude, just make them get the joke. Make them get yeah. it. And that was really like turning point for me with it because i would be like oh they didn't get it they don't understand i gotta work on it maybe i gotta i don't know he's like no no no. just like if they didn't get it make them get it if it's funny it's funny you know the joke what's the joke they didn't get it and that's sort of what he's doing here where he's like what i said should have been funny and you weren't thinking about the whole context of this and i'm gonna give you this context and now you're gonna laugh because now you're gonna see why it's funny yeah 
<laughs> he's making them get it. He's making them get it. Yeah. And he and he does that a lot. Like he will watch people get upset. He'd be like, no, this is funny. This is why it's funny. Come on. Like that's very Patrice. And it, well, Patrice was like so good at calling out uh, people like being offended in the crowd or not going mm-hmm. with him. And it, that dude has real raw fearlessness mm-hmm. that uh, is just born out of being a great comedian who's saying what he really wants to say. Yeah. And that's the thing that can be great about like when you're saying what you really want to say is even if the set doesn't go as well, you weren't a coward and you said what you wanted to actually mm-hmm. say. And why not have a set go poorly when you said that you what you wanted to say? That's better to have that go poorly than saying lies and bullshit that mm-hmm. doesn't go well. Yeah. So just try and err on the side of saying what you want to say. And if it doesn't go well, well, you already kind of won. In a way, obviously not in the wrong, long run. If you're saying what you want to say and it never get gets laughs, you're not being a good comedian. <laughs> you're not doing I, the job. I'm not. A, you listen to my sentence like zero laughs, and I'm like, that, that's my truth. <laughs> and like, no. Have you considered uh, poetry slams? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stand up is marrying what you want to say with what can get laughs mm. and pushing. Like the tension between those is great comedy. Yeah, oh, I like that. You know what I mean? Because if yeah. you say what we want to say, but it never gets a laugh, this isn't stand up comedy. That's not. And if you're getting comedy. laughs, but it's nothing that you want to say, you're not going to love doing it. Exactly. So when it's going poorly, you're going to hate yourself. I've been that. I have shit in my acts when it's a long set that I feel that way about. And uh, my brother, Jordan Rabel, great comedian, has a great analogy about. Um, stuff in your act like because well we might have to do like on the road it's just us two so we'll do like 40 to 50 minute sets each Mm -hmm. and there's some stuff in your act that is good and serviceable but you're like i I don't want this is not going to be on my album oh yeah that stuff it's like a spare tire you just need it to help you get this car to the top of the hill but you can't wait to replace it with a real tire (laughs) do you know what i mean isn't that a great analogy yeah Yeah, i was just listening to mulaney uh talk about that how he's like i have jokes that i've had for 10 years that work every time and they're on no albums and they'll probably never be on one or a special or anything because they just they don't add anything tire jokes yeah I, I I love that. I love that analogy. Yeah, yeah. donut tire. It, Patrice is also uh, interesting because he's one of those guys where um, I listen to his albums differently than I did when I first heard him. There's the biggest breaks in between laughs on his albums of any comedian I've ever heard because he's so honest about how he feels that he he takes you into these areas where you're like, it's been like a it's, minute and a half. His and stage barely heard of Snickers. And then just like at the very end, there's just the this biggest huge, laugh, just the biggest like tidal wave is mammoth. Yeah. Like it, it's like, um, I, Not I would make fun of fat people, but yeah, well, I mean, he does take, he did take up some room, but like, <laughs> uh, another comedian who I think is like that now we've talked about it before is Yamanika Saunders. Yeah. She is just like, uh, the way I describe it is she's the only mind in the room when mm. she's on stage. It's great. And I think I was never, I never got to see him live, but it seems like that was how it was with Patrice. Oh. Yeah. I, I think so too. I've seen Yamanika live and she is very much that mm-hmm. just owns rooms. Yeah. That's that awesome thing about her presence is like, Hey, there are certain people whose presence is so good that you're like, it's impossible for someone to want to look at their phone during this Mm -hmm. because that person is really alive up there. Yeah. It's a little bit more easy to look at your phone if someone is just completely mechanically 
and it's not yet the fun of comedy, but just mechanically doing their act. You're like, fuck you. I'm going to check my phone. You're not here with me. Why should I be here with you? Yeah. Well, let's play. Let's play the rest of Patrice. Yes. And then we'll introduce Brett. Mm-hmm. And then we'll. Isn't that fun? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No. <laughs> no straight man writes that many show tunes. That's a fact. <laughs> I love Mike Tyson, and I don't have much to say. I, I, as a fan of Mike Tyson, as a fan, as a, I, I love him, and I don't mean, yeah, I love Fuck him. you. I, I love you, man. I'm just disappointed and hurt at how much comfort white people have around you now. I don't, I don't like it. <laughs> it's so fun. So good. Steve-O, this new subdued, not drunk you, it fucking stinks, man. <laughs> Ride that whole Steve-O shit till the wheels come off, man. Let a fucking leech bite your eyeballs and do some goofy shit. Even your fake puncher, it just, you disturb me with your lack of edge. You just like, <laughs> oh my God. Why are you still looking at me like that, Mr. Shatner, sir? You're like, boy, I had more for that nigga than didn't say it. I should have said it because he's an asshole. Uh, <laughs> you're telling it as it is. <laughs> you're telling and it like yeah, it is. Jeff Ross, I, I, I love you, I guess. <laughs> Look, Jeff Ross is, is a legend. His funniness is a legend. But when I say legend, I mean a myth. <laughs> <laughs> Like the Loch Ness Monster or Bigfoot, like, we all believe they exist, but who really ever saw it? (laughs) Oh, shit. I've turned down many roasts. I have, about three or four of them. And I said yes to this, and I'm dead-ass serious, I said yes to this because uh, I I respect Charlie Sheen, I do. I I said yes because I respect, not, not... Not his body of work, like not. <laughs> it's, it's all been very Christian Slayerish, like it just like. <laughs> he sucks, but he's he's good, but he sucks at the same time. I think that his stand that he made uh, against the business, I think this is a fucked up business, but he stood up. He he still survived. Uh, and he proved that nobody can keep like a Sheen down, you know? They can keep a Estevez down, because his brother. <laughs> and he's the good one. That motherfucker do everything right. And that nigga's career is over. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> Fuck Tiger Blood. He's selling his own blood to make money. <laughs> but I, I want to say to your eyes, man, I. I, I, I I love that you stood up to what you thought was wrong, and uh, I'm impressed by you, and I wanted to say that. That's awesome. So, thank you, man. Thank you for having me. That's so awesome. Yeah. That is so, it's so awesome. And it's awesome because I think you can feel him working in shit that he actually wrote. Pre written is like like funny shit you've thought of, Mm. and also fusing that with being there. Yeah. And like that, especially that last thing about Estevez. Like, That's him, I'm guessing, seamlessly going into written what was it, a written bit for yes. the roast. And yes. there, he probably throws those lines in, like, uh, Charlie Sheen, your hair looks like a black woman's pussy hairs. Uh-huh. That might have been, like, a form of that was might have been, like, a funny thing he had before. I was thinking that 
That's funny. I was thinking that one wasn't pre-written because um, I think he was, this is the first time he was next to him looking at his mm. uh, hair plugs. So it was like, man, this dude's racist. Like, this shit here. But, but you might, you pro- well, you're probably right. I think so. he's able to, to weave in and out like that. And it comes back to, to just knowing your act and how important that is f- to be present. Because if you're in your mind trying to remember your act, you're not present. Yeah. Knowing your act cold, like really having it down, it gives you confidence yeah. to not do your act. Right. Like, because it's like going into a fist fight. But you have a gun in your back pocket. Yeah, yeah. Right? You're like, ah, this doesn't go. I, I, I'm, I have a thing that can win. Yeah. Uh, so I can scrap a little yeah, if I need to. Let's see what happens. Yeah. Let me get punched in the eye. That's how it is. Sometimes with an audience, you're like, all right, let me uh, riff for you. And they're like, we're going to punch you in the fucking eye. And you're like, like, but I have this gun you're going to love. And, and sometimes the set goes, we're like, they're like, too late. I already got you pinned down. You already lost the fight. You can't yeah. get to the gun. Yeah. So that's why I don't fuck with their time too much. Because they'll, 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 they'll have fought in on the fact that you suck. And you got to record all your shit. Because when you're present like that, that's when the, the, the lines come out of your mouth that, yeah. you, that just came off the yeah. cuff. And I hate that feeling of doing a set. And then um, so a friend of yours that's in comedy watches it. And then they see you and they're... They're like, uh, I love that bit you do, blotty, blotty, blah. And you're like, oh, I don't, what bit are you talking I about? Like that, yeah. you did it at this show and I was, and then you're just like, oh no, I didn't know that was a bit. Uh, yeah. I thought that was just yeah. like a line and I'm yeah. for the moment. Yeah. But, um, and that's what, uh, Gary Goldman says. It, one of his tips is watch all your sets. It's depressing sometimes. Yes. But what you'll, you'll say something just right. And that's, you write that down verbatim and you go, that's how I say this now. Yeah. Mm. Um, and you won't, if you don't record your sets, you can't do that. Right. Does he say watch or listen? Listen, listen, listen back, says. watch them back, whatever you're doing. Okay, cool. I, cause I don't, uh, what do you guys record video? I do I, now. I, do, I record video now all the time. Really? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just do audio. I, it's really great. Cause I can like, I can see like, okay. I think some of that didn't work because look at my body language there. Yeah. Like I, and I, and I'm slowly like training myself not to like, uh, hop back and forth between one foot of the, and the other. Yeah. And I'm also like, I can see when I, for, when I'm really present, I can see how I'm moving versus the stiff, uh, this, that stiffness you talked about. Yeah. So uh, that's, that's something I'm working on. And that's that's why awesome. I, I, that's why I say like, you know, granted, it's not great to go up on stage and be thinking about those things. Um, but to go on to just have one of them and be like, okay, today I'm going to try to like be aware of where, of how I'm standing. Mm. Um, that's what I want out of this set or, Oh, today I'm going to go into this and I'm going to focus on eye contact. Mm. Um, and having one of those things is fine. Having seven of them doesn't work. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) You have have no processing power left to do your act. (laughs) Right. Come on. Let's talk about sex. Let's take a minute to introduce Brett. All right. Yes. All right. So Brent Rabel, <laughs> comedian, <laughs> Kansas. Yeah, I don't know. You're like, yeah, that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming on the show. I think, I think my favorite part of your bio is uh, he's now a staple of the New York stand-up. Oh, I sent you my little like bio-y bio, didn't I? Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so, hilarious. And, college. and, and I, I love that one. I, I love that one. Like when you're like, he's a staple i was like well that's that's not complimentary at all like uh-huh. like a potato like, uh-huh. <laughs> like rice like uh-huh. the bare minimum food <laughs> uh-huh. yeah uh, i was like i was like come on 
Brett's a delicacy. Yeah. <laughs> there <it> goes. <laughs> That's how I feel sexually for my girlfriend. Brett's a, I'm a delicacy. I can only, ha- I can only taste him sometimes. I know it's not good to have him all the time. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Born and raised in Kansas, man. I was just there. Oh, wait, really? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. How um, are the shows? Um, it was canceled. Oh, so okay. I drove for 14 hours. With my <laughs> Dude, doing stand-up comedy is not just stand-up comedy. Doing stand-up comedy <laughs> is like being, it's mostly driving. Yeah. Doing stand-up comedy is like being a trucker and then your pit stops, you yell at strangers and then leave. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's <laughs> like, all right, drove for six hours. I'm going to yell at these people for 40 minutes and then get back on the road. So how long have you been, uh, how long have you been touring? Uh, me and Jordan, my brother, have been doing these shows for uh, probably like a year and a half, two years, mm-hmm. maybe a year and a half. And um, what what was? How did you get into this phase? Yeah, I think for us, we always like many comics want to do longer sets, so we were like, let's find that stage time and create that for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's you know no bar show or con- or showcase show at a club where you're like, hey, can I do forty minutes? Right. That would never be acceptable. So it's about finding more how stage you, time. And how did you do that? Uh, reaching out to venues, seeing like if we could run like a show there mm-hmm. and coordinating with them. Okay. And yeah. then they, would they do the promotion or did you? or is Pro- A mix. Both? A mix. Yeah. So... Um, You'd that, like create like an Eventbrite thing? Yeah, like, do the or, Eventbrite and maybe post on Reddit. Mm-hmm. And maybe buy like a Facebook ad. Mm-hmm. And um, there are some shows, it's like you mentioned, like we've driven five hours for a show for two people. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that sucks, but mm-hmm. that's stand up. Mm-hmm. And uh, other times, yeah, a show will sell well and it could be a really fun show. So, uh, so you guys just started, you're like, let's just go. Let's just see if we can sell our, our, our Have product. You, you've been doing this for two years, like uh, doing the road shows. With the- uh, yeah. Around a year and a half, maybe so, I'm not like, it's been a little more consistent for a year and a half. Yeah. Um, whereas like there was maybe a period where we were being a little more sprinkling it in, so to speak. Uh, did, um, gosh, when you, when you go back to back, what you, what's cool about, if you've ever seen Jordan's standup, we're going to play Brett's standup. Uh, but what's interesting about you guys is you guys are, you're both really, really smart dudes, really, really good at standup and just completely different. Like the oh, way yeah. it's so interesting to watch you guys do stand up. <laughs> I would love to see you guys back to back. Yeah, like People that. always after a show will be like, you guys are brothers. And I think part of it is because our acts are very different. We also look very different Yeah, and they don't believe it at all, which I think is thank God, because if we were doing these shows together and then one act blends into the other, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it'd be shitty for the audience. You know, you don't want to watch the same guy twice. I I'm, I don't mean this. If I were just like I mean aesthetically, if you were to put you and your brother next to to, to each other, <laughs> you'd be like you'd point to you and be like alt comedy, and then you'd point at him and be like club comedy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you look like the embodiment because Jordan's just like this like kind of jack stout, like handsome broish guy, and you're like a tall handsome like intellectual. Thank you for throwing guy. handsome in there. Oh, that's also handsome. Uh, hell yeah, dude! Toss me a handsome. Yeah. So no, definitely Jordan, ch- check the Raybould brothers out. Yeah, we make a lot of sketches. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask about next. You guys do sketch comedy too? Yes, make a ton of sketches. Put them on our YouTube channel. I think we got like how long, 25 made. Or how something. long did it take you to come 
up with the name Raybold Brothers for your sketch comedy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, one uh, f- founding member of it, member of it, who was not a brother, it was his idea to call us three that at the time. Mm. He's a very funny comedian named Dan Dagnus, That's and we're like, funny. "What should we name us?" And he goes, "We're the Raybold Brothers." <laughs> and I go, "That's really funny coming from you." <laughs> and we named it that. And, and he was like, "I was thinking about quitting long ago, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was doing this for you." Yeah, he would always joke like. Like he was gonna, we have a third brother who's an actual brother and he was going to like come to our Thanksgiving and take a spot at the table, but he never did. Oh. And you, and your, <laughs> your, your stuff's been on the AV club, the onion, right? Funny or die college humor. Yeah. Just random places have posted our sketches and, uh, that's, so cool. that's always great. Cause it gets some more visibility and that's all that you're looking for. Yes. It's really harder in this era to get visibility for your shit. That's the challenge. I think we all face the most yep. as artists, I not l- to call it me an artist, but as like comedians is there's so much noise. So how do you get heard? If everyone has a megaphone, you're right. And God, there's this one sketch you have. It's about ancestry.com. Who is that you last guy? You were in it. Who is the last guy? The, like handsome guy that was like at the very end. He like he's a white guy t- or black guy. He's a white guy. Uh, handsome guy at the Brett, end. This is we can this set up is your happening quite, right. a lot, Pat quite a Pat lot. Quite a lot. I'm talking about me, Brett. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did, but you were the button yeah. on the sketch. Yeah, I was the button. I on thought the you sketch. were looking for an actual comedian, and oh, I was like, no. he's calling another person handsome, <laughs> but he's calling himself handsome. Harrison <laughs> is a very handsome. Our funny dry comedian. wit is just not hitting at all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's confusing <laughs> today. Well, I'm like, who? What? I know Harrison was in it, but Harrison's in that sketch look yeah. up ancestry.com rainbow brothers okay yeah. and you also have oh dear your podcast right yes i host a podcast with fellow comedians christian duran and nick whitmer and i also host another podcast called talking oh dear <laughs> in which i recap episodes of oh dear just because i didn't think there was enough podcast content on the oh dear moniker <laughs> so i was like we need more you know a lot of people are like I, I need to digest oh dear in a format and and what is that like what can they expect they can on Odier oh or talking Odier. Oh talking Odier. Oh <laughs> they can expect me critiquing my co-hosts relentlessly and complimenting myself. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why Jeff hasn't done that already. Yeah, I know, right? He has the opportunity. I sort of do it just in conversation all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Is there like a tip that? Or just something somebody said or like something you heard on a podcast that like really made stand-up click for you? One thing that I think I really try and guide myself by, and I fail at it more than I would like, but it was Bill Burr is talking about feeling trapped in his act. And I have felt that, uh, and, you know, we all, I still struggle with that today, is sets that go bad, it's when I trap myself in my act and I think I just got to say these words and to get the laughs. And it's like, no be the funny person you are off stage. Trust that you can find funny from the fact that you're a funny person mm. and don't be afraid to, uh, I, I don't know. Don't be afraid to try and execute that. And so hearing Bill Burr say not trapping himself in his act was really, uh, that was helpful for me as a comedian. So to put this sort of in terms 
of the magician Jeff McBride. Uh, so it, it, it's like if comedy is magic, yeah. then it's not a series of incantations and rituals that creates the magic. It's the magic inside. It's you. the feeling too. It's the emotion. It's the yeah. will. Yeah. Andrew Schultz, who's a phenomenal oh comedian, my God, so, so funny, absolute beast. Uh, Jeff he, introduced me to him. He's yeah, so good. He's yeah. great, and he talks about. Um, Getting people to connect with the emotion of the joke is as important as the joke itself. So if it's something he's angry about, get them to connect to that anger. Mm -hmm. Get them to connect to that fear if it's a joke about him being afraid of... Uh, like a bear or something like that, or like I think is a bit of a, or get them to connect with your frustration, get them to connect with your confusion. Mm -hmm. So it's not just the words, it's the emotion behind it. Where that. did this bit come from? Did it come from anger? Did it come from sadness? Did it come from exhilaration? Transmit that however you can within the bit. And I think that's a good lesson too. Mm. Wow, that's great. great. Yeah. That's my original thought. I wrote that. <laughs> I wrote I'm just going to take credit Schultz for him. Schultz one down. That's amazing. No, that Schultz one is great, man. That's, he's, that's, why, that's part of the reason why he's truly one of the friggin' best. It's crazy. He well, just... let's, uh, let's play a bit by uh, Brent Raybould. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's so fun. It's just like I just get to pull it out any time. Uh, this is the one. It's having to follow SNL's Leslie Jones. Yeah. That's a comic strip. Clip on our YouTube channel. Check it out. Cool. Yeah. Well, we should preface it a little bit more. Than All that. right, preface. What, Let's me, preface away. Preface. Well, you what, have a you, you preface. Here's it. the no, preface. You preface it. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll, I'll I'll take it. I got you. Uh, Harrison's handsome. So, um, <laughs> uh, this is a clip. Uh, I was on a, a show at the comic strip, and the show is run by a funny comedian Mike Mancusi. And this Leslie Jones was billed on the show, so it was sold out because of her. Mm-hmm. Although Mancusi, who produced it, did a good job selling his own tickets. So the way the set, the show was, was there's like three or four comics to start. Comedian Lenny Marcus does 20 minutes, and then Leslie Jones is booked to do like 35, 30. She ends up doing an hour, and I'm after her. <laughs> and before the show, Mike, who is producing it, said, who wants to follow Leslie? And I immediately go, yeah, I would love to do that. Because that's something a I've challenge. never done in stand-up comedy before, mm-hmm. is followed specifically her. And there's something interesting about following. I've never followed someone who's done an hour. Yeah. I didn't know she was going to do an hour at the time. But um, <laughs> So I like immediately volunteered, because I was like, that's a fun thing to get to. Because it was kind of one of those things where I was like, I think I can probably have a good set no matter what, if I just go on and do my act and there's no other variables that could fuck it up. But let me see if, let me see if I can deal with that variable, which is a challenging variable of having to follow the person they all came to see uh-huh. and who, by Shows the way, over. is really good. Yeah. It could be. Yeah. yeah. But let's find out what happened. Uh-huh. No, 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 no. Yeah. So it was very fun to get to follow her in its own way. And we talked for a couple minutes after the my set about it. Yeah. And um, so this is this is on YouTube and it's entitled Comedian Fails Utterly After Leslie Jones <laughs> from that <laughs> SNL. So. <laughs> I don't know why I shared it, but. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. It's vulnerable. That's really authentic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's authenticity. <laughs> wow. Uh, maybe you shouldn't be present for this. Yeah. <laughs> but it says bread. It's not even Brent. So it's <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's fucking Brent Rabel's trash. <laughs> All right, let's play it. All right. All right. 
Back to the comedians you don't give a shit about. <laughs> Literally, people are talking, haven't even said a goddamn word. Back to your reg regularly scheduled programming. You saw Leslie, she's the best. I'm gonna tell your coworkers you saw her, now it's our turn. So. <laughs> This is the part of the show where you're kind of doing me a favor. You got your shelf, so. Yeah, she's great. I feel like such a square following Leslie because she was wearing a shirt that said Ice Cube and I have on fucking elbow pads. Literally, fucking... I wore my whitest outfit, but looking like a camp counselor. I look like Lenny Marcus's nephew. That's what I look like. <laughs> the good news is, me and Leslie have different material. Uh, so no one saw me, took the stage, and was like, "Deja vu. Here we go again." Didn't I just see this? Didn't I just see like they're clones? What is the difference between the two of them? <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> a lot of my friends are getting married. And, uh, yeah, I've been invited to six summer weddings. Kind of, oh, that was visceral. <laughs> yeah, and I agree with you. You know what I hate about wedding invitations? I hate how invitations tell you how you should feel about whether you can attend a wedding or not. <laughs> Every time they say, joyfully accepts. And, um, Below that, regretfully declines. <laughs> you got six summer weddings lined up. You're like, you know what? You can flip those adverbs uh, <laughs> to regretfully accepts and joyfully declines. <laughs> joyfully decline. And every invitation, this is my favorite, refers to a wedding as a celebration of the couple. Poppycock, right? <laughs> we all know weddings are not a celebration. They're just a celebration of the bride. Uh, and then a Comedy Central roast of the groom. Uh, if you listen to the speeches, every speech by a bride's friend tells her how amazing she looks, how beautiful today is. And every speech by a groom's friend tells the bride what a huge mistake she's making <laughs> by marrying this worthless sack of potatoes. Without, you've seen it. Every speech by a bride's friend is just emotional, powerful, breathes super loudly into the mic. <laughs> Becca? <laughs> national treasure and everything you do glitters with gold <laughs> and then every speech by a groom's friend is always just like okay yo one time Craig shit his pants at an Arby's so, uh, uh, we're sure about that we're sure you want to make he's got IBS Gonna be spending a lot of money on underwear. Just saying. Oh. <laughs> Every single time, crowd eats it up. I've had women approach me about this joke. They come up their show. They disagree. They go, you know, that's not true. We roast our friends too. So. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> Barely. You ever heard of Bridesmaid Roast the Bride? If she does, the joke is always so nice, light, and delicate. You've seen it. Has the mic. Super proud of herself. Just like... <laughs> Um, so we all know Crystal, like, loves white wine. <laughs> so, so let's all raise a glass, or as Crystal wishes, two glasses, huh? <laughs> Meanwhile, dudes are like, yeah, Chris is an unrepentant alcoholic! One time we got drunk on 4th of July and a Roman candle hit him in the dick! Part of his scrotum burnt off. Proud of you, son. That was his dad. It's a real story. I've heard a father tell about his son at a wedding. What? What? Him getting hit in the genitals with a firework. You think he would tell a story like that if it happened to his daughter? Yeah, one time Lisa got in the pussy with a bottle rocket. So. Uh, sure about that? She got a torch scooter. Okay. All right, all right. All right. Gonna be spending a lot of money on ointment. Just saying. Oh. No, he wouldn't. He wouldn't. And let's be clear. I think weddings should just be a celebration of the bride. You know why? Women do all of the organizing. If a man was the primary organizer of a wedding, it'd be a very different affair. Uh, first off, the invita you know what the invitation would be if a man organized? It would just be a text that day. <laughs> just, you know, prep, just, you, hey man, I'm getting married in 95 minutes. <laughs> Can you be my best man? <laughs> yeah, dude, no freaking problem, man. Where's the wedding at? Every wedding. It's at Buffalo Wild Wings, so. I don't have reservations. I'm not getting married. I know when I do. I know what I'm doing with my invitations. I'm gonna mess with people. I'm gonna address them to the name of the person and put comma and then put or current resident. Just, uh, just, uh, I can't make eye contact. We can cut it off. Yeah, all right. I love that. I, I couldn't. I cannot make eye contact with either you while we're listening to my stand up. It's so hard. It's and like oh, and you're like, shut it off, shut can, it off, shut I, it off. Can I assure you, like your discomfort feels so good. Oh, it's <laughs> great. I'm like, oh man. Oh my god, dude! I can see uh, the. I've I, we've known each other for a while. We have we, for probably three years. More four, yeah, maybe yeah. four years. Yeah. Um, I was. I mean, I know the listener could not see this, but I was watching the clip with Jeff. You can see your road work on your set the way your body moves you don't have that what we were talking about before that new york restrictive like kind of stationary style at all yeah i mean you are standing i guess in the same place but what your body is doing is adding to the material so much when you're doing those bride that yeah. like the bridesmaid speech like yeah, everything so is just i feel like and you and you uh it doesn't. Your feel act like, outs are like are on point. It's so seamless. Yeah. Like they just start. Those act outs are very are born out of a good observation, and they're born out of feeling like an earned act out because it's a good observation. Mm -hmm. I think it's a good observation. Oh, I love that observation. And there are like the certain things I've noticed with that act out that when I, I'll just give the example that uh, there's a certain tick that 
I did once and I did watch the set and I now do it every time. There's a couple things. Anytime I say in the joke, uh, Craig shit his pants on armies. I always like end up grabbing the mic stand like that, like slapping my hand on it uh-huh. casually. Uh-huh. And that casualness gets a bigger laugh than just saying it. Uh huh. But that like movement helps contribute to the funny. And you bonked yourself on the head with the, with the, that was microphone. so fun. I yeah. I hit myself in the head bonk. with a mic. Just, I think, I don't know. <laughs> I, you know, we do a lot of sh- rooms in the road who don't give a fuck about us. That's uh-huh. what stand up is. But in these rooms, particularly, because these are not even comedy rooms we do. Yeah. And so, I think doing something that is it's I like it because it's a very traditional traditional stand up but you're applying your weirdness to it. Yeah. And so it's a very traditional bit but you can make it weirder for people. Totally. You're like it's it's a good combination. I like stand up when it's elastic. It's really can be really tight and it can be really loose. Oh. And I think that the best bits for me I express both parts of my comedic identity in that way. So it's a bit where it's, there's very tight, hard punchlines, but there's an elasticity to, if it's a good crowd, I can make that act out way longer on Uh you. If you're with me, I'll keep giving you it. I watched you in that, um, really be extremely pleased with their reaction and yourself. And there was almost like you got, you became a a child for a moment where you were like, because the the moment where you're holding the mic in one hand and then you shift it to the other, then you shift it to the other as you're demonstrating the nerves that the bride or that the bridesmaid has. And you're just, you're showing that just like, (laughs) and, uh, and you, you shift the mic back and forth and you, you, I can see there's a moment in there where you really see how much they love that. And you're like, I can do this two or three more times. Uh, (laughs) And it's because you have a really good punchline following that, that you're like, I can be a little looser here because Mm -hmm. there, and then there are rooms, if it's a tighter room, uh, I, I mean, it's a great thing about stand up. Like, you, if it's a bad room, you can do thirty minutes of material in three minutes. <laughs> 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 but yeah, and when it's a hot room, you become funnier too. Oh yeah, yeah. Do you find yourself getting louder when you get when you're like when the crowd is getting more and more and more? I've noticed like I'm like I'll, I'll even like register in my head like i'll be like okay yeah they, they liked the material before and now i like started this bit that i really like but i'm not always sure if everyone's on board for it and then you feel them on board for it and i'll feel myself in my head be like oh now you're gonna tell it like it is and yeah then i just like i don't know if i get louder but um yeah when it's when they're good some sometimes i respond by if it's like that to talk about like what i think is me trying to be present is in that clip you can actually tell people are chatting at the beginning of my Mm -hmm. set because they just watched the person they came to see crush for an hour right and so they don't and it's not wrong but they don't care who's next they want to talk about what they just saw so it's right the hardest part of following leslie jones is not like i got a topper of course not she's been doing it like 25 30 years she's a bona fide weekend headliner she's on the biggest show comedy show on tv i got a topper so the challenge is not Plus, that she's lesbian right She's uh, yeah yeah. So I don't think you're gonna top her that way either. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is she, I don't think she is a lesbian. I don't she, know. She I is a lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, no, I wasn't gonna. She, she's probably better eating pussy than me too. Anyway, so <laughs> so um, yeah, I saw so that. Funny. Even if she's not a lesbian, she is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, but it's the the hard part is staying in the pocket 
through their chatter. And there's enough people at that show who are listening. So when you do say something funny, there's a laugh. And then the people who are talking hear a laugh and they're like, oh, what's going on here? It's like at a party when you hear a laugh at the other side of the room and you're like, what's going on over there? I wish yeah. I were there getting that joy. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. so that's the thing yeah. you have to weather that I had to weather in that set is they have no reason to care about what I'm going to say. So you got to make it clear that you know that, yeah. you know, that you're not the show. You danced a line there that I think is really important. You were not important, but not pathetic. Yeah. Like Ooh, you acknowledged yes. that and you're like, I get it. I ain't, I'm nothing. Yeah. Okay. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. It was like right. making them feel okay that I felt okay. Yeah. And, um, and it was even like, you talk about like, I guess when I hear the set, I've never just listened to the audio of the set. I've watched it. I mean, I edited it, but, um, uh, it's like, it's fun. We can squeak a laugh out of technically not a joke, which is just me saying that's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's great. Yeah, and she's like great. being like, yeah, I mean, yeah, in some ways it sucks following her. That's great. Yeah. And you just let them figure that out. And that's... You were so calm when they were chattering, too. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it was, like, very vocal chatter. It was really loud. Uh, and there, I was in the room, and it was there was a lot of people talking. I mean, there's probably, like, 180 people in that room. Yeah. 200. Um, so there's enough people listening where if you say something funny, there'll be a laugh. Yeah. So... Thank God there was those people because it could become just uh, nothing, completely unruly. And that's a cool composure to have because you could have, and successfully also too. The, another route you could have gone is just get really loud, do the same kind of like format of like like you don't give a shit about me. You're not a you're. I'm not the comedian you came you bought yeah. tickets for. Uh, you could have said it in a loud way, but it was there's something much cooler about you just being like, all right. It was just like you were talking quieter than they were. Yeah. <laughs> like you sounded less audible than them. Yeah. But you did sound like the comedian on stage. So how does yeah. let's, let's let's relate this back to presence. What do you think you conveyed to them and how do you think you did it? I think I conveyed that I was confident and I think I conveyed that this is going to go well. Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry for the people who might have been worried. And I think I conveyed that um, I don't need you to listen, but you should shut up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's going to be worth your while. And I think that feeling that confidence is that the wedding bed I have is a very useful bit because it's universal. And when you work the road a lot, you know, that is such a good road bit. You, I was thinking that. From the, my there's, there's, and actually that bit is great because there's no room, even like a Brooklyn room. Yeah. Everyone, everyone has been to a fucking wedding. So yeah. it's talking about life, but, um, but, and by the way, I just want to applaud the the contrast that you clearly delineate. It just it's so great. It's so great. I mean, you even started off just being like, "Let's compare me to Leslie Jones." Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is great. Which is great. And I, you immediately made yourself the underdog so fast. With oh your, yeah. With your elbow pads and your. <laughs> it was like, of course, I gotta like roast myself in this yeah. setting. I, yeah. I, yeah, that was. I did feel that way before I went on. I was like, God, look how I, it was. I'm wearing a shirt with fucking elbow pads, man. (laughs) You just feel like such a loser or so lame. Yeah. I just liked your word choice with sack of potatoes and poppycock because it feels very much like I want to be able to do this in any room. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit also like it's a, those are little funny words that they're not core to the joke, but if you can have a slightly funnier turn of phrase, why not have that? Yeah. Then just like, 
that's a piece of shit. Sack of potatoes. Piece of sack of potatoes is funnier than piece of shit. Yeah. Uh, poppycock is funnier than being like, that's not how it is. Uh-huh. Poppycock's a funnier word. So yeah. you can squeak like a little laugh. Uh-huh. That's like, this is still set up, but if you can have a slightly funnier setup, why not have mm-hmm. a slightly funnier setup? Yep. Then, um, than otherwise. Oh, by the way, and I think like breathing into the mic, that, that part or the, she's the bridesmaids breathing into the mic. I think that just like sets up the bit. That's like almost, mm-hmm. that's like the, 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 um, that's the wheels on the car. I, that's that the, that's the last part of the bit I've had or figured out. It's it so good. Is, um, cause I would do the, that, but I never said breathe super loudly in the mic. I would do the act out of her going like breathing into the mic really uh-huh. loudly. And, but setting breathe super loudly in the mic, that gives them the setup to make a punchline happen of acting out the breathing into mm-hmm. the mic. Mm-hmm. And, um, that was the latest part of the bit I have on it. I love it. Yeah. And that's a bit I open with on like, like paid shows mm-hmm. on the road a lot. Or like if I think it's a, I don't know, an important show, I'll probably open on that. Cause it is, I mean, solid it's bit. one of my strongest bits. Yeah, it's, solid. it's one of my strongest bits. So you got to open strong mm-hmm. and it can empower you, especially when you're working on material to have open strong. Cause then you're like, well, they know I'm funny. They're bought in a little. Yeah. So, and I feel funny and I feel funny. Yeah. So now I will do better justice oh, to what a, I'm working on. That's a great, point i feel funny yeah yeah that's yeah. awesome i that never like, even thought about that that like i'm gonna do this yeah. bit way more justice that i'm working on because i feel funny and yeah. i feel a little bit more connected with them it's you i feel like we've never discussed this like like trusting the audience but also trusting yourself in that moment like yeah. Yeah, I feel fucking good. That joke is good. They loved it. I'm uh-huh. fucking funny. Okay, fuck everything. I'm going to yeah. kill. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. going to have awesome. fun. I'm going to make you motherfuckers laugh. Like, yeah, yeah. You're in for it. Like, That's I awesome. feel funny tonight. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't ever feel like I'm going to kill. I've, I've never had that thought before a set, but you just feel good, and you feel a little more, I don't know. If I were the kind of guy that got tattoos, that'd be like the Kenny DeForest style tattoo I got on my wrist. I feel funny is a great thing to like. Yeah. It's like a great affirmation. It, it, it or I mean, because there are so many sets after you don't feel that way at all. Oh yeah, know? no, totally. That's <laughs> like, most I of feel, stand-up. Or ah, God, and love it. I don't know why that felt so revelatory when you said it, but that's well really... because it's something that we all go through, but we don't really talk about. Mm-hmm. Do I feel funny tonight? I don't know if I feel funny tonight. Oh, I do feel funny tonight. Yeah, and then yeah. you're like, you might try to do little things to get yourself in the mode so you feel funny. Or you hope the moment you get it, you're like, I don't feel funny tonight, but I hope what I, I, when I get on stage, maybe it'll change because that happens. Mm-hmm. Like, the moment your foot touches the stage, all of a sudden you're just like, I don't know where this came from, yeah, but yeah. here we go. And that's why it's so important to have a strong act mm-hmm. is that when you're not feeling funny, yeah. you can still deliver the mail. Yeah. yeah. You, yes. Cause you're not going to feel funny every set. There's some shit in your life or, yeah. or you just didn't sleep well or whatever it is, but you have to deliver the mail. Yeah. And so that's why it's great to have a good act because you may not feel funny, but this stuff you've done your due diligence on making funny, mm-hmm. you can still give them a good time because you owe it to them because they're giving you the most valuable thing, which is attention. And it's selfish to waste their attention on shit that's not good. Yeah. (laughs) If they paid money. Even if they didn't pay money, honestly. Uh, They're in a free bar show. They gave you their time. That's enough. It's really valuable. Yeah. And if you, I I think, I I think it's Louis who said this, where he's just like, look, you just, you just, you improve your worst shows. You get to the point where you're like, oh, my act is strong enough that when I'm not in the zone, when Mm -hmm. I'm not present, um, it, my act still works. 
Like I can still, I can right. still do the job. Right. And then you get those other times where you're like in the zone and for whatever reason you just click in and then that's great. That's the golden time. Yeah. But you don't get to do that every time. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. Then when you get to flow state, that's when standups at its best, but that's not going to happen every set. It's right. impossible. Right. You just, sometimes you just aren't feeling that sometimes good. Sometimes it's just a job. Yeah. Right. And, and you, you got to do the job. Right. <laughs> yeah. So ha- if you've done the job previously, then you'll be able to do the job that night. Even, even if you're in the worst mood or whatever, you're just not feeling it or yeah. dog died or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> Come on. Let's talk about sex. This next bit is by Dane Cook. It's from his 2005 album Retaliation. It's called Intro Slash Riot. Yes, 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 Y-E-S. Yes. We are going to have a relationship tonight. I'm going to go out with you. We're going to date for a while. We're going to make sweet, sweet comedy love with each other. And then suddenly, without warning, I'm not even going to call you guys anymore. The last thing you will have heard me say is, hey, I'll call you guys later. (laughs) And I never call. But you hear through the grapevine, I'm dating a younger, sexier crowd. And then I'm really happy, but I'm not happy because I think about you guys. And about a year from now, I'm going to call weeping in the middle of the night. You were the best crowd I ever had. (laughs) You really listened to me. (laughs) And I didn't know the crowd I had till you dispersed. Then we're going to get together. We're going to hang out. Maybe we'll all, like, you know, run around town and smash windows and cause destruction. And I'll make jokes, and one of you guys will turn and be like, Dane, you're a riot. And I'll go, I'm a riot. You're a fucking riot. Get it? (laughs) That's how things are going to go down tonight. That's awesome. So why'd you pick the bit? I just love that it's like a mission statement of a start to a show. It's like, we are going to have fun together tonight. We're going to have a relationship. I like how he like creates this, uh, this almost like it's like a hypothetical story that the entire audience is in. And he's also creating visuals for them. It's like an actual riot that they're all involved in. It's just like, no matter how you slice a bit, he's creating it. He's creating an atmosphere where everyone is involved. Yeah. Whether or not they actually are. I mean, they are because it's like a show and they're going to get to watch and like participate to an extent, but he's making them feel even more involved than they actually are with the show itself so then how would you relate that to stage presence or being present well he was he he comes out super super confident um dan cook does something and he does yes this yes, yes yeah yes, yes. yeah yes. his enunciation is fucking I, i'm surprised he didn't just come right there yes it's just like uh the, the way he carries himself 
And I guess like if you've seen his specials, especially back then, um, he was super animated, just like the way his right. his body uh, moves. He he's always like kind of like pacing it, like literal pacing. He's pacing mm-hmm. the stage a lot, touching things, uh, like really getting close to the audience, making sure everyone like sees him, makes a lot of eye contact, and. Uh, the reason I picked that bit is because that bit is just like an establishing character bit. He's also like, we're gonna, I'm gonna t- like those bits he was talking about. They they don't really, um, uh, they don't really make any sense. He's kind of just saying nonsense. I mean, like a lot of that, what he did was like kind of stupid comedy, Yeah. but the way he's doing it and how sure of himself he is while he's doing it makes everyone invested in him as a performer. Right. Um, and I would say, I mean, this is a, an album and at the time he had already p- produced an album and it's in, uh, it's in, uh, Nick's, comedy stop in Boston, which was a club that he came up in. So it is a lot of his fans, but I would say that way to start a show, like any set would probably work anywhere, depending on, I think with a crowd that's like, they're, they're pretty jazzed and he's like, I'm going to multiply your jazzedness by two. I'm giving it back to, I know you're cheering like very. And so he's just giving, and I love it too. Cause it's like, it's almost like saying, this isn't my show. This is our show. Yeah. You're that's here great. too. This is our show. Yeah. And so how can they not be more bought in when it's like, oh yeah, I'm a part of this, which yeah. the audience is. That's the thing that's great about standup is yeah. there are active participants. They're yeah. not passive. They're very actively yes. there. Don't be too active. If you're talking after every setup. You're a fucking idiot. I know Kelly from uh, Anthony Jeselnik's first album because he says, What's your name? And then she's like, she, this crowd member's like, Kelly. And he's like, Kelly, I'm going to make you famous. And then he bops <laughs> her on the head with the mic. Yeah. And for some reason, I always know there's Kelly in the audience That's because funny. it is their show. And you know what's also cool? He establishes something he'll call back. Um, cause I don't know if you've heard this whole album, yeah, yeah. but at the very end, he does say, I'll call you guys later. Like yeah. that's like, awesome. his sign, which great. is really cool. Yeah. Oh, you mentioned eye contact. Yeah. And it's something that we didn't really cover. I, I just would love to just brush against it for a second. Like, yeah. How does eye contact relate to being present or stage presence? I feel like for me, look at them. I yeah. love when you can just slightly see a crowd when it's just total void of darkness it's harder to connect with people because you can't see them and you're like, Oh, I want to know who I'm talking to. Not that I even may call you out. I might not, you probably aren't going to, but for me, it's very important to look at people and be like, I'm saying this and I'm looking at you while I'm saying it. And at least I'm being vulnerable by looking at you while I'm saying what I think are ideas that are funny. And, uh, whereas if you just look at the ground it may not convey as much confidence unless you're <laughs> I, maybe not <laughs> yeah. but, but unless you're Hedberg. intentionally doing it. And yeah. if you're using it, be very deliberate is the point. Hedberg would look at the ground yeah. and it was, it was deliberate. It yeah. was part of the comedy yeah. and, and it's heroin. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if you have nowhere to look, you might as well look him in the face. I think it's, it doesn't even be, need to be eye contact. It's just like wherever you're looking, look confident while you're doing it. Like, uh, for instance, like if we're having a conversation and Jeff, yep. Jeff, ask me a, ask me a question. All right. Do you think you're handsome? <laughs> you know what, Jeffrey? Um, I do find myself handsome. 
but you're just like, like you can stare into the abyss, but as long as you look thoughtful and confident yeah. while you're doing it, I think it, that was really like, well, done. I think the list. Yeah. Really they saw really that. picked up. Yeah. I just realized yeah. this is a podcast. Uh, there's no uh, video camera, which is what I requested actually. Um, uh, yeah, no, there's a way to be confident, like in thought that's, uh, fun for stand up but i i think it can only happen in small bursts yeah but again there are no rules Just uh, <laughs> all right well thanks a lot this was fun yeah no, it's great man all i right. had a lot of fun thank you for having me yeah give it up for brett yeah whatever so <laughs> the- <laughs> uh, i started an applause break for me <laughs> you did it you did it and uh you can follow our guest on instagram that's just at brett raybold not brent mm. um, that's a much more successful comedian <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah brett yeah, raybold yeah. not the guy yeah <laughs> and then it's also twitter brett raybold and then facebook is brett raybold and then his website is just brett with one T, FYI. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. one T and seven N's right before the T. <laughs> <laughs> seven <N's. laughs> yeah, my parents are fucking weird. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Great. Right, cool. Awesome. Dude, you crushed. Dude, that was super fucking crushed. I love it. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that make me. Let's talk about sex. Let's talk about sex. Let's talk about sex. Let's talk about sets.